Ben Shapiro, a conservative political commentator and role model for many young conservative college students, visited the University of Michigan on Tuesday, March 12th, to a slew of support and protest. Ben, Ben, you're a dick! is anti-trans and anti-choice. The event prompted community members to sign petitions to cancel the speech, university departments to hold simultaneous teach-ins, and protesters who stood at the front lines to voice their opinions. This is Catherine Newhan. We spoke with YAF Chairman Jacob Kluginski and Stop Trump Ann Arbor organizer Adam Nash about Ben Shapiro and the future of freedom of speech on college campuses. This story and more on this week's episode of The Daily Weekly. Let's set the scene for you. You're walking past Rackham Hall and it's full of commotion. Police officers are buzzing, protesters are chanting, and a long line of people are filed at the door and winding around the intersection of Washington and Fletcher. Once the doors opened, approximately a thousand people were seated inside the auditorium, and then Ben Shapiro jumps on stage. The crowd erupts. My name is Jacob Kluczynski. I am the chairman of the Young Americans for Freedom chapter at the University of Michigan. I'm a junior, uh, double majoring in political science and economics. Could you give our listeners a recap of the event? How did it go and what did Shapiro talk about? Yeah, uh, so overall the event went great. We had a few protesters outside. Uh, Not sure the exact number, um, but we were aware of the the protesters outside kind of doing a theatrical protest performance. Um, but Ben Shapiro spoke for about an hour. He did about 25 to 30 minutes of his own talk. Uh, the topic was the government is the bully. So it was all about how the government is trying to um, reach into our lives a little, a little bit too much. Uh, he mainly spoke about how the, the fundamental rights that the government is supposed to t- protect our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and to what extent the government should be protecting those rights. Uh, and then he did about 30 to 40 minutes of Q&A, so uh, students were able to ask, ask him questions, and he responded. And one of his major things is if you disagree with him, he likes to send those students to the front of the question line. So he got a few questions of individuals uh, pushing back on some comments that he's made that uh, that night or in the past. So overall, great event. We had um, over 1,000 people in the auditorium. We had over 50 people in an overflow room. Um, and there were over 6,000 people left on the wait list for the event. So we released student t- uh, 300 student tickets. Those sold out in two minutes, and then we released the rest of the tickets to the general public, and those were gone in under 60 seconds. Young Americans for Freedom is the organization which hosted the event, which brought Ben Shapiro, and has brought other prominent conservative speakers to campus in the past. On a more liberal campus like the University of Michigan, Jacob spoke about the importance of a group like YAF. Yeah, so when I was uh, a freshman coming uh, into the University of Michigan, I knew I was politically active, I, I knew I was conservative, and was kind of deciding between if I wanted to get involved in a group like YAF, which is kind of more 
uh, values and ideas or join a group like College Republicans, things like that. And I decided to join YAF. I knew I was conservative, wanted to grow in that a little bit more and didn't want to exactly be tied down to to a, a party. And YAF was about weekly meetings, 10 to 15 people. Um, great, great group, was doing great things on campus. But um, since I've been a, a part of the group over the past three years, from freshman to junior, the, the group has almost tripled. We have about 60 people attending our, our weekly meetings now, close to 700 people on our mailing list, um, two sold out events with over 1,000 people just within this year. Um, and we just see more students speaking up. You know, not being afraid to have a voice, whether it be agreeing with us or disagreeing with us. I think we're seeing a lot more productive conversations happen on campus and um, especially conservative students having more confidence seeing what our chapter is doing on camp- campus, being able to voice their opinion and not, you know, just try to stay quiet and um, stay quiet knowing that it's a more liberal university. Since this event was publicized, there was a lot of controversy regarding Ben Shapiro's visit to campus, both from the university and from the Ann Arbor community. We asked Jacob to elaborate on how YAF prepared for and dealt with ongoing protests before the event. Uh, it's it's definitely something we're we're used to. Um, most of the speakers the the speakers that we bring, um, people find them to be controversial because they're conservative or different things like that. We don't really look at these speakers as controversial. Uh, we actually had a, a few groups, uh, a few students at the event last night who were, who were liberal and came up to us afterwards and were like, everything I've heard about Ben Shapiro, I now think is, is false. So we, we knew what was coming. We work very close with the Young America's Foundation that hosts all Ben Shapiro's events and are aware of the different things that are done and, and said, and we're made aware of the um, Antifa Facebook page that was started and the Shutdown Shapiro Facebook event that was started. Definitely things we were um, expecting, but we just continue moving on with our event. We work closely with the University of Michigan and uh, the Department of Public Safety, who are are great. They they work closely with us to make sure our event can can go on as planned and that everyone's safe and the the speaker can can talk. So we were expecting an extravagant protest. Um, we were aware of the uh, kind of theatrical musical performance that was being planned, and it was definitely something that was talked about. It, in the protest meeting that I um, attended, we usually get some hecklers within the auditorium as well with with Ben's event because it's a, a public event and it's free. We we encourage people of all political views to, to come. So um, we were aware of the possibility that someone be, might be able to stand up in the middle of his talk and yell something or, or things like that. And you know, we we give a brief statement before the event that you know everyone has the right to speech and, and the right to protest, and we encourage everyone to listen to Ben and then partake in the question and answer to kind of have a more productive conversation. Um, so luckily, no no protest inside the auditorium. We had some people who disagreed and, and asked questions, which, which were great. But we were definitely expecting the kind of creative protests that uh, were happening outside. Jacob felt this event was important to exemplify the state of free speech on the University of Michigan's campus. Uh, I think it signals that we're going in the right direction. I think, especially lately, we're seeing more events uh, such as Ben's or other conservative speakers happen without major issues. There obviously are still protests happening on on campus, um, but at least in in my opinion, in majority of, of college campuses now, it's uh, people are protesting in a 
mature way, whether it be hosting counter events, protesting outside the event, um, and just not trying to go inside to protest a speaker to shut down that, that, that speaker's message or, or voice. The great popularity of events like this seem to show that an increased population of conservative students are emerging on college campuses. Jacob explains why he thinks conservative students are feeling more empowered to speak candidly. Um, I would definitely say our political climate helps, helps a lot. Um, people, especially young uh, individuals like us, are more politically active and not afraid to stand up. And, you know, research is trying to evaluate whether the, our generation and, and the younger uh, generations are, are more conservative. Some show they are. So uh, that might be a, um, a cause of that. But I think it's just people being more politically active and college campuses mainly are liberal leaning. And I think that groups like YAF and others around college campuses within the past few years have gotten very active in voicing their opinions and saying, hey, look, we're on campus, our voices matter, and they, they should be heard along with others. So our goal is just to give students that confidence to speak and to make sure that all viewpoints are heard. Um, and I think as, as long as we continue doing our job and others do it as well, that conservative and that diversity of viewpoint will continue to grow. Overall, the impression we at the Daily Weekly felt from Jacob's interview was that no matter how students felt about the Ben Shapiro's presence on campus, this was an opportunity for students to have productive discussions across the political aisle. However, though, thoughtful discussions were encouraged. There was one protest which stood out to the organizers of the event. You know, I've been told se several times by different departments in the University of Michigan uh, College of LSA that, you know, these political events, either for or against, cannot be uh, sponsored by the university, whether it be departments or any of the colleges. So we, we did ha have an issue with that and, and hope to um, speak with a few of the uh, members of the administration to go about that because a whole email was sent to the whole uh, history um, listserv and um, you know that that's kind of some things that are counter to a lot of what we've been talking about today is Adam Nash I'm a resident of Ann Arbor and one of the main organizers with Stop Trump Ann Arbor and yesterday, we organized a protest of Ben Shapiro's talk here on campus in Rackham Auditorium. Adam described Stop Trump Ann Arbor's initial response to hearing that Ben Shapiro was speaking at an event on campus was, and how they addressed organizing protests and counter events. Our initial response was not that we had to necessarily come out and protest. So what we did first was just schedule a community meeting uh, I was at it was downtown in a bookstore and invited anyone who was interested. Uh, we had a small turnout, but it was a very diverse turnout. We had some students, uh, some people who work in the community, residents, and together, like we talked about, okay, do we even want to uh, protest this? Like, is this something that's worth worthwhile? Um, the history department, hosted a teach-in yesterday, and also more that the Student Power Network uh, collectively decided not to come out and protest, which absolutely, if they don't feel comfortable, they shouldn't, but they had their own uh, 
sort of healing event. Adam and Stop Trump Ann Arbor felt obligated to act against Ben Shapiro's presence, as they believe his rhetoric is dangerous to minority groups' safety. I feel like it's important to disrupt or deplatform uh, right-wing ideologues like Ben Shapiro, like Richard Spencer, like Steve Bannon, um, just because their uh, talking points and their speech directly harms the most vulnerable people. Uh, Ben Shapiro, for example, often challenges people who come up to ask him questions like, do you think anything I've said today incites violence or encourages people to be violent? And usually they kind of stammer and have to admit no, but I say absolutely yes, because one of his main gimmicks, for example, is misgendering trans people. And that itself doesn't necessarily harm them, but trans people are already targeted, especially on campuses, at such a high rate that that sort of speech emboldens the people to uh, seek them out. Adam believes that Shapiro is an interesting personality because he encourages opposition to raise questions for him. But Adam says this model is still biased. It plays really well when you have someone nervous going up to him in a, a huge auditorium, not used to public speaking, whereas he you know, has all the power up on stage to be able to rattle off his main talking points, uh, all very rehearsed, throw in a joke, but I disagree that he is as open as he says he is. As Jacobs said there was a rise in conservatism on college campuses, Adam has a different theory. I don't know necessarily if there is a rise of conservatism uh, in college campuses beyond just the beyond the emboldenment of uh, conservatives everywhere uh, in the Trump era to be upfront about their bigotry, whether that's racism, transphobia, homophobia, you name it. Um, I think we're just seeing it come to the surface a lot more, and that includes college campuses. One of Ben Shapiro's talking points is that there has been an increased suppression of free speech on college campuses, specifically targeting conservative students and conservative events. But Adams says that because Shapiro was invited and allowed to speak on campus, that it proves otherwise. Well, one of Ben Shapiro's talking points, and I don't think it's one that he really made last night, but in previous speeches I've seen of his, uh, one of his talking points is that college campuses nowadays are left-wing think tanks who indoctrinate students with left-wing ideas. And I think that that's very demonstrably false, that there was this turnout for this event that conservative groups can you know, freely book such a big venue for him to, you know, peddle his fallacious arguments. Um, so his it, him being here kind of is self-defeating of his own argument that free speech is being threatened.
Hi, I'm Sonia Vogel, and I'm here with the Weekly Roundup. The University of Michigan President's Commission on Carbon Neutrality hosted its first town hall Monday night to discuss the goals and responsibilities of the commission and to share the collective ideas of community members with the commission. For those who are unfamiliar, the commission's objectives are to interpret the university's parameters regarding carbon neutrality and create a timeline for reaching the environmentally sustainable and community inclusive goal. Avenues the initiative will cover include energy sourcing, policy change, and technology development, among other topics. Schlissel hoped the town hall would provide an opportunity to listen to the concerns of the Ann Arbor community members and to allow community members to be more sympathetic toward the efforts of the university and the commission. The town hall featured presentations from co-chairs of the commission, Jennifer Haverkamp, director of the Graham Sustainability Institute, and Stephen Forrest, professor of electrical engineering and computer science, as well as an audience Q&A. The University of Michigan announced recently that Gretchen Whitmer will be delivering the spring commencement address. Whitmer will be the sixth sitting Michigan governor to deliver the commencement address in the last 40 years. Beyond being governor, Whitmer is a lifelong Michigander and has previously taught at the University of Michigan. According to Kelly Lowndes, the public policy senior and former chair of College Democrats, quote, Governor Whitmer's presence at our commencement also has the potential to send a powerful message about how critical our public universities are to the success of our state and about the importance she places on making Michigan a state where college graduates want to stay and grow for the long term, end quote. Additionally, Nobel Prize winner Randy Sheckman will be delivering address for the graduate school activities. Along with receiving the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine, Sheckman is also a professor of Cell and Developmental Biology at the University of California, Berkeley. Spring commencement for the Ann Arbor campus will take place on May 4th at the Michigan Stadium. Today, Friday, March 15th at 11.11 a.m., interested students are encouraged by organizers to walk out of class to join the Global Climate Strike, a worldwide climate protest led by high school students. This wave of activism began with Greta Thunberg, a 16-year-old Swedish activist who has skipped school every Friday since August to demand the Swedish parliament uphold its commitments to the Paris Agreement. Her movement has spread around the world, and tens of thousands of students will be walking out of classes on Friday to protest global leaders' failure to adequately address climate change. In Ann Arbor, the walkout will be at 11.11 a.m., followed by a rally at 12 p.m. and a march beginning at 1 p.m. The University of Michigan's Wallace House held an event titled Prisoner, My 544 Days in an Iranian Prison, on Tuesday in the Lydia Mendelssohn Theater. The event featured Jason Resinen, a global opinions writer for The Washington Post, to discuss his new book, Prisoner, which describes his 18-month experience in an Iranian prison. During the event, and as described in his book, Resinen explained he was imprisoned at the start of a joint comprehensive plan of action, an agreement between Iran and the P5 plus one, China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom, United States, and Germany regarding the Iranian nuclear program. The formal event ended with recognition of Emilio Guterres Soto, a Mexican journalist in the university's Knight Wallace Fellowship Program. 
Gutierrez was recently denied asylum in the U.S. despite his fear for his safety upon returning to Mexico because of his reporting on crimes committed by members of the military in Chihuahua, Mexico. At the event, McCarran welcomed Gutierrez on the stage and presented him with an honorary membership to the National Press Club, created for honoring outstanding journalists. After having these conversations with Adam and Jacob, and amongst one another, we at The Daily were struck by how Ben Shapiro's visit to Ann Arbor seemed to speak to the larger issue of how we understand the line between free speech and hate rhetoric. Whether one agrees or disagrees with Ben Shapiro's beliefs, we saw his visit as an opportunity to have productive conversations, including protesting. But where we lost clarity was the line between free speech and hate speech. Shapiro speaks on how he condemns hate speech, but also believes hate speech is a part of free speech and should not be suppressed. The University of Michigan seems to have adopted a similar view by not allowing RAs to remove hate speech from dorm doors. Where is the separation between hate speech and free speech or hate rhetoric and productive conversation? Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Daily Weekly. Again, I'm Katherine Newhan. This episode was produced by audio engineer Ryan Cox, executive producer Catherine Newhan, assistant producers Sonia Vogel, Josh Sadikoff, and Ivan Yao. Special thanks to content creators John Coonan and Julia Maddie.